Welcome to another exciting episode of the Baller Shorts Podcast. I am Ben Teitelbaum, joined as usual by Doug Kralstein. Say hi, Doug. Don't tell me what to do, Ben. And we're going to have a special guest appearance later from my new roommate, Aaron Bardage. There's currently a debate raging inside my head about who the better roommate is, Doug or Aaron. So maybe we'll settle that on the podcast today. But let's table that for now. Doug, you know what we're big fans of? What are we big fans of, Ben? Well, the NBA, but also, it's sort of our guilty pleasure, Survivor. I know you love it. I love it. Yep. And we just wrapped up another fantastic season of the show. We did. You got me hooked a few years ago. Shout out to Adam. Shout out to Adam. Adam Klein, I think his last name is. The guy, he uh, he won. He was the sole survivor. The lone survivor. What's it, What did they say again? Soul survivor. Soul survivor. I'd love to see what percentage of survivor winners are Jewish. Because I think it's disproportionate compared to the population. Probably. I think it's probably how we're taking it. Actually, I have no idea. This is the first Jewish guy I think I've seen win in the four or five seasons I've watched. Ethan, that's a way throwback. Yeah, I don't know Ethan. Well, we'll get you caught up. All right. But Survivor inspired us. And we've started thinking about which NBA players would be successful and not so successful were they to participate and compete on Survivor. Doug, I know you've been thinking about a couple guys you'd like to see out there on the island. <laughs> I have, I have. Who's your first guy? Well, before I say my first guy, we should say that even if you don't watch Survivor, you know the you know how Survivor works. You're in um, a remote island. You have to fend for yourself, but there's also social strategy around it. You vote each other off. There's physical challenges. So it's social, mental, physical, emotional. It's everything involved. So I came up with the list, Ben. I got five guys, so we could go one by one. I want to hear who you think would be good on Survivor. So I'm going to name you my first guy. I'm going to give you two reasons why he'd be good. One reason maybe why he wouldn't be so good. Let's hear. First guy. I think this was easy. Steven Adams. Ooh, wow. Go for the New Zealand. You think he's like... A guy who lived in the bush? Yes. Everyone says he lived in the bush. He I've looks, never he actually looks physically anything. like he lived in a bush. Um, he's a grizzly man. He's physically imposing even amongst NBA players. He's, you know, seven foot one, 250 pounds. He's always throwing elbows, always getting in altercations. The one drawback I think that Steve Adams would have is he has no social game, which I think is imperative on Survivor these days. Although you do hear of guys really wanting to grab a beer with Steven Adams. No NBA player, I think in the history of the league, has mentioned grabbing a beer after a game more than Steven Adams. Very true, very true. But with all the politicking that you need to do on Survivor and the strategy, not just socializing with people and making, you know, creating relationships, but actually going out there and and trying to, uh, you know, campaign for why you think you should make it through the next Tribal Council, I think Steven Adams would would fail at that miserably. I mean, he, he gets in an altercation almost every big NBA game that he's a part of. That's true. He's versus a the Warriors shooter. Versus the Warriors with Draymond. And he's 100% the guy who, if he heard through the grapevine that someone was talking about voting him off, he would go straight up to that person and start something. He'd No, he'd probably put that person into a tree where the person couldn't get down. Like, Could you imagine Steven putting the season's winner, Adam, in a tree? Oh, easily. Yes. Easily. Okay, who's your next guy? Oh, you don't want to give me a guy? When I was thinking about this, when this was first broached, I personally think the guy who would be the best at getting near the finals but not winning (laughs) is Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Interesting. Kawhi Leonard. Physical freak, obviously. Big hands, huge in Survivor. Same with wingspan. 
great body control, and he just looks like a guy who would be good at puzzles. <laughs> I can see that. Understated, wouldn't piss anybody off. That being said, I don't see him being able to be ruthless, go behind someone's back, make that killer move that needed to be made. He's developing more of a killer instinct. Uh, people argue that it's there and you just don't see it. I personally don't think it would translate to Survivor. However, if you are in alliance with Kawhi and you're worried about someone else in your alliance going out, talking to the other side, maybe joining up with them, you can just be like, hey, Kawhi, don't let that person out of your sight. Do not let him or her go to the other team, to the other alliance to make friends with them and potentially vote with them. He would be on that person like glue. Oh, that's he a would point. D that person up so hard. That's a great point. Stop someone from getting hit in immunity idol. Yes, that is a great point. It He'd is. be great to have in your alliance, knowing that maybe at the end you could vote him out. Absolutely. All right, who's your next guy? All right, my next guy, I think of, of my list of guys, I think he would have the best chance to win. And that's Chris Paul. So he's the president of the Players Association. So we know he's good at the politicking and the social game. And we've seen him. He's on commercials. He's very personable. At least that's how he broadcasts himself. He's very personable. He's very well-liked amongst the league. Um, he's not physically imposing by any stretch amongst M- other NBA players. I mean, he's he's maybe six foot tall of average weight for a point guard. Yes, he's very fast. He's not very fast. I think he's more quick than fast. But I don't think the the physical the, the physical beast, the guy who wins every challenge, rarely will win Survivor. So I think that actually plays to Chris Paul's favor. I'm going to jump in and completely disagree with you. I think you're flat out wrong. Chris Paul's not a winner. Ooh. He's never proved that he could win. Ooh. Yes, we're beating the dead horses. Conversations happened a million Ooh. times. But if you talk about this Clippers team and why they haven't been able to get over the hump and you talk to insiders and you figure out, or at least try to, what's really going on in the psyche of the Clippers, there's something about Chris Paul's constant needling and haranguing of his teammates. Sometimes he goes too far in that coach on the floor role and and really just rubs people the wrong way. I think on an island, 39 days with him, if you maybe played strategy slightly wrong from what he expected. If you screwed up in a group challenge, didn't take him on a reward, I think that that would hurt him emotionally and he would come after you. And I think ultimately that would be his demise. That's interesting. I can see what you're saying. I'm about to give you now a guy that you love and you're going to love this pick. Wait, can I say something about Chris Paul? Yes. It's actually really been bothering me. The State Farm commercials. So last year... Possibly the greatest State Farm commercial ever created, the Hoopers, right? Love the Hoopers. The Hoopers, where they had, what, was it like three or four different commercials? By the way, yes. Hooper's guy is now in like five commercials yes. for five different brands. Yes, he's killing it. He's unbelievable. He's on a plane with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Anyways. He's in that Nicki Minaj Snapchat. I think this is Not the second Snapchat. podcast. We've gone through all the commercials that State Farm guy is in. Why do they have new commercials Featuring three-fifths of the Hoopers, right? Three-fifths? Yeah, because they have Chris Paul, DeAndre, and Damian Lillard, and they're not doing the Hoopers. They did some weird commercial where, like, it was Chris Paul pumping up DeAndre Jordan post pregame, and then they have, like, the same conversation in a real-life scenario that involved DeAndre Jordan 
cleaning or breaking the windows and, yeah, yeah, now and Damien Lillard painting. It's no, it's the other way around. Oh, okay. Someone crashes the glass. Oh, well, that might it. be DeAndre and Damien owns the paint. Right. That's what it is. You know what's interesting though? And we've talked about this theory before that we've seen point guards removed from Chris Paul State Farm commercials. And we think it might be because of a beef. Steph Curry made a very brief appearance yes. in the State Farm commercials before he was MVP Steph Curry. And he's never been heard from again. And I theorize that that has something to do with a little bit of a vendetta. I am shocked after Damian Lillard ousted the Chris Paul led, well, he was injured at the time, but the Clippers last year from the playoffs, that Chris Paul allowed Damian Lillard to be back in a State Farm commercial. I think Lillard has something on Paul, and we don't know what it is. But the two guys who were left out were the three guys, if you will, are Kevin Love, Kevin Garnett, and the Hooper, the the neighbor guy, the State Farm agent. I don't know. The the Kevin Love, Damian Lillard rapping, dropping dimes, dropping dimes commercial is potentially the best thing I've ever seen in my life. That is to current society what like, Beethoven's ninth was to was that Baroque era? Aaron, was that Baroque era? Aaron gives me a thumbs up. Aaron has been silently in the room cheering us on. And you're in full thumbs down for Baroque. No, era. what era was it? Pre Baroque. That was pre Baroque. Was it classical Renaissance? I, I hate this conversation for the record. <laughs> the whole lost thing should be just but back to a guy you're gonna love. Go on. Yeah. So your next pick to be on Survivor. Okay. Go. I'm going to give you a little uh, a little game, a little quiz to see if you can guess who it is. Police it's, are coming for you. It's a guy who would have been terrible at Survivor 12 years ago, but would be great now. Terrible at Survivor 12 years ago, but would be great now. LeBron? No. But interesting. Interesting guess. Meta World Peace, the <laughs> artist formerly known as Ron Artest, yeah. who's gone through one of the biggest career and personal transformations anyone has seen. He's wily. He's strong. I think even though he's a little bit out of his prime, he'd still be, just because of his toughness, the type of guy that would survive and thrive out there and be good in challenges. Yeah. And he's learned how to... Get along with almost anybody. Yeah. He's, he's totally an NBA favorite now. People love him. Here's my question, though. Do people love him for him, or do they love him because they're still secretly scared of him? Because I would be scared of him. And if I was on Survivor, I would do everything I could on the first episode to get him out first. Because Behind his back without him knowing. Something inside you still thinks he's a wild card? Yeah. So you said 12 years ago, and ironically enough, 12 years, 12 years ago, almost to the day, was the Malice at the Palace. I think I watched the video of that like like 10 days ago for its anniversary, which it's I do every year. It's not ironic at all. That's why I said that year. No, you didn't know that. Give me a break. You got lucky. Anyways, um, I am petrified of the man. I don't care if that happened 12 years ago. And he's Gandhi now. He still scares people. Let me paint you a picture. We get to the final tribal council. For those of you who don't know how this works, you're voting people off, you're voting people off, you get to the final three, and suddenly everyone that you voted off needs to vote for you to win. Yeah. All the guys, guys, you want to Yeah. You know, Chris Paul is in there saying how he dropped, gave assists to people or whatever. Chris Paul is in the ass- finals. All, all right, my assists on. would help you get to the finals. Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, stands up there. 
thanks his therapist for allowing him to make it on an island where he never would have. Pulling heartstrings, getting votes. Next guy, you're up. All right, my next guy, don't need to say too much about him, Paul Millsap. He seems like he's the type of guy who'll get everything done around camp, doesn't need the notoriety, doesn't need the fame, and he seemingly likes to subject himself to poor conditions because he's played in Utah and he's played in Atlanta, which are like the opposite of the cities that actually attract NBA players. And he's taken less money than he should have. Yes. He's he's one he's one of my favorite players in the NBA just because of all he does for the Hawks, and he really does it without much fanfare at all. Granted, I haven't been to Atlanta. I don't know how much fanfare he, he actually gets there, but I do know Atlanta and I apologize for those of you who are real Atlanta fans, is more of a bandwagon sports city, and I can't see them getting behind Paul Millsap. He deserves much better. I agree with you. You know who I think is potentially the worst NBA at Survivor? Flip the script a little bit. JaVale McGee. (laughs) (laughs) JaVale McGee. JaVale. He's somehow been rehabilitated a little bit by the Warriors. He looks frisky. He's dunking the ball a lot, and... Would you believe that he is the 21st ranked PER in the league right now? Yeah, but he plays like 24. He plays like what? Like 5 minutes every other game or something 8.2 like minutes per game. Yeah. Fantastic true shooting percentage and like 70% of his Right, cuz all he dunks. does is dunk. Yeah. But JaVale McGee, the classic wild card. Yeah. Who has not been able <laughs> to maintain relationships anywhere in the league, bounces around. Yeah. And I can't imagine he'd be very good at challenges either. He yeah. has hands of stone. He's spacey. He's fast. He's faster than his size would allow you to think he is. Yeah. But he's totally a space cadet, and I cannot see him succeeding in any puzzle. Was it his mom in the dunk contest? Was it, wasn't it? it him yes. a bunch of years ago who his mom like came and like almost borderline made out with Dr. J, who was judging the dunk contest in an effort to get JaVale points hey i get that it was one of the more awkward moments i've ever seen <laughs> almost as awkward as charles barkley kissing dick bavetta on the lips after they raced do you remember that we're about to hit the 10 year anniversary of that race and i'm actually trying to chase down an oral history of it that's Although amazing I've been having trouble tracking down dick bavetta that's no one amazing the seems to know where he is so for for those of you who don't know and you should know who dick bavetta is dick bavetta at the time 10 years ago was a very old veteran NBA referee. He had to have been in his late 70s. Doug, we should give our audience some credit. If they've listened I, this far into our I, podcast, they definitely know who Dick Bavetta is. I just want to paint the picture, as you like to do, for those of them who don't know. Charles Barkley, of course, he's the rotund NBA analyst, ex-NBA All-Star, NBA Hall of Famer. They raced up and down the court because Charles Barkley was skeptical of Dick Bavetta's foot speed. And, and Bavetta was skeptical about Barkley's heart condition. Right, and Barkley won, and afterwards Dick Bavetta awkwardly kissed him on the lips. Next player, go. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Anyways, my next player, you had to have seen this coming, because I like to work him in almost every podcast. Who am I about to say? Porzingis? No. Come who, on. Who? J.R. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Here are my... You're a J.R. Smith apologist. Yeah, nope, I'm a fan. <laughs> I don't apologize for anything with that man. He's beautiful. Anyways, this is what I have to say about J.R. Earl Smith the third. Social game would be his greatest strength, also his greatest flaw. He'd be extremely volatile. Extremely volatile. Second bullet point, he does not need a shirt which is frequently what men around the camp and even women go without. 
a shirt. He Which proved, means he would enjoy the conditions. It doesn't mean he'd be successful, but yes, go on. Yes, but he's proven to have been seen. You know, he's he's been seen around Cleveland without a shirt and very happy about it. So, yes, like you said, he would enjoy the conditions more so maybe than the average person, which would lend to a positive attitude, which would keep him in the game. Um, also, or my last bullet point that I have about him, the negative is I feel like he'd be the most likely to eat all the food and drink all the water because he doesn't understand the whole rationing principle. <laughs> is this just random points or advocating for his success? No, I, I like to have two positives and a negative for, for every player I picked. Yeah. That's smart. So, I you, am now yeah. going to call in my celebrity my celebrity shot. Woo! New roommate Aaron Bardage, lifelong Boston Celtics fan. And Aaron, please welcome welcome to the show. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Aaron, all right, you're up. Putting you on the spot. Talk to me. Give me an NBA player who you either think would excel or be terrible at Survivor. Go. Well, here's the thing. You guys are going way too tall. No tall guy ever wins Survivor. Fat guys win Survivor. You need to be able to lose a bunch of pounds. That's number one. Two, it's a quickness and smart sport. You don't. There's no way Stephen Adams will ever find an idol. There's. Uh, <laughs> we're not sure that Stephen Adams knows where his feet are, let alone where an idol is. That's valid, valid, valid. He'll definitely punch him in the face. Chris Paul is the guy that everyone knows is the best in the game, so he's going to be out early on because they'll say, "Well, we can't beat Chris Paul." Fine. But you need you need an underrated small guy who's just scrappy as hell. May have a little extra weight to him. I think you know where I'm going with. Khalid El Amin. Yep. Wow. No. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Last pick in the draft. No one expects anything from him. Height's not a big deal. He can jump high enough. No one's going to put... It's not like Survivor NBA style where everything's at 12 feet. Yep. He's smart. He's quick. He's shifty around camp. He'll do whatever it takes to win. And everyone loves him. Yeah. Okay. So you... we like to point out you are a huge Boston Celtics supporter, which is going to play into the fact that you're actively rooting for Isaiah Thomas. I would like to ask you, do you actually think that Isaiah Thomas needs to lose weight? I think that's the last thing Isaiah Thomas needs to do. No, but Isaiah has like a little, I mean, he's not your typical skinny NBA player. Isaiah is probably the guy that you would see on the street and go, oh, he's the right weight for his size. Whereas... (laughs) I mean, no, like, I'm no. sorry. That's not what I would think no, if I saw Isaiah me. Thomas on the street. Like, I, oh, this man <laughs> who's five foot seven, about 170 pounds, he is the right weight for his size. <laughs> Isaiah, what's your BMI? It looks perfect. <laughs> perfect, perfect. That's, the instant, that's not the instant reaction that you have to Isaiah but, Thomas. Okay, other other than that, though, I, I do agree with everything you said. Isaiah Thomas, from a basketball perspective, he's scoring like, what, 27 points a game this year? He's he's not come out of the blue. We all He was an all-star last year. We've seen, we saw this coming from him, but he's a guy who's perpetually underestimated because of his size. And I think that would bode well for him in Survivor. So I think that's maybe what you were going for. We'll leave his weight alone. <laughs> I'm just saying, Isaiah is about 5'9", 170, right? Yes. What is Kawhi? 6'7", 220? Sure. So you're saying 8 inches, 50 pounds, that's a good ratio? No, I'm not arguing any of this. I'm not arguing any of this. I'm not arguing any of this. We're going to leave that alone, though. Can I bring up another fat guy? And this is the last guy for me. Get in there, Ben. 
It's a fat guy who I think would be successful. Boris Diaw. Yeah. Boris Diaw. Would you do okay without coffee? That's the only question. He's a coffee fiend. Mm Mm-hmm. He can fit into any system. He's really, really smart. He's disarmingly charming. He would <laughs> do just enough around camp to make himself useful, but not enough to tire himself out. He's okay. really good with life balance. Yeah, yeah. And I think he'd be he'd be intellectual with the game. Know when to do something himself. Know when to let someone else do it. He's he understands pace of the game. He understands style. He can fit systems. He's just smarter than your average NBA player. Give me Dial. Let's go. Last one from you, Doug. Last one for me. It's actually two people. Two people who look identical. It's the Morris twins, Marcus and Markeith Morris. If you had gone with the Lopez twins, I would have stopped the <laughs> podcast immediately. They no, 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 no. But they're very entertaining people. I would watch a TV show of them, but not Survivor. All right, the Morris twins, Marcus, Marcus and Markeith. They are extremely loyal. That's been proven. But they're potentially only loyal to each other. That's also been proven. As, you know, they kind of forced their way onto the same team, into the same lineup. And then when one of them got traded, I think it was Markeith who got traded first. Or Marcus who got Marcus who got traded first. All hell broke loose. Um, they could sub for each other if one gets tired. That's another pro that so I have. Are you saying that one of them is playing and the other is hiding on the island? Hey, potentially. In? Has that ever happened? Not that we know of. That's true. So, so one in reality shows, I've noticed that anytime someone's a twin, that that becomes like their little byline of their occupation. So, like it would be like Marcus Morris, comma however old he is, twenty seven years old, and underneath, instead of saying like professional basketball player or whatever his occupation would be, it would say twin. I've noticed that. I'm pretty sure it was on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, so don't judge me there. I might have snuck an episode in at one point. Um, but yeah. However, before you eviscerate me on that, the the con of the Morse twins is they cannot coexist together. Because they're literally the same person. They play the same position. They cannot be on the same team, on the court, or in Survivor at the same time. I'm not even going to dignify it with the response. Because it was so good? Because it was so good. It was so good. So have we come away with unanimous NBA Survivor winner? Yeah. Who do you think it is? Maybe Maurice Spates. (laughs) Maurice Spates? Mo Buckets. So likable. No one would ever vote him out. And suddenly he'd be at the end and he'd win. And I think nail in the coffin. Game over. Fine. Doug, before we go with this podcast... I know there's a little game you want to play with me. Yep. I picked four legendary songs, chopped out a quick two-line, three-line, four-line lyric from, from each song. And I want Ben to guess which NBA player I feel like this song is about. Obviously, the, the song wasn't about NBA players, but I want him to identify the NBA player, I think, who resembles the lyric the most. Now let me preface this by saying that Doug sent me an email recently with Flowrider lyrics. If those of you don't know this about Doug, uh, he once listened to Club Can't Handle Me, I think it was like 380 times in a year nope. on his iTunes. It was over 500. Oh, it was <laughs> over 500. That says a lot about, I guess, both Doug and Flowrider and the relationship. For a year and a half, I had... <laughs> 
the play count to number of day ratio more than being played once a day. We'll put it that way. And I this think was the total over a year. Like yeah. I go through phases. I'll listen to a song a lot for a week, maybe even a month, but the year, that's impressive. Oh, I get crazy. I could listen to a song like ten times in a row, like twenty five times in a day <laughs> if I'm really into it. Seriously. No, I, I believe it. So Doug was saying Flo Rider reminded him of Russell Westbrook. Club can't handle me right now. I go all out. Like that's Westbrook. And I guess it got you thinking. Yeah. So I'm I'm ready for your first song. Hit me. Alright. I'm gonna give you the lyric. The lyric is from a song called Club Can't Handle Me Right Now <laughs> by Flo Rida. I'll give you the lyric. Still feeling myself, I'm like out of control. Can't stop now, more shots. Let's go. So I have two NBA players in mind. I think one, and it's another retread from earlier in the podcast, J.R. Smith. Nope. Feeling himself, more shots, let's go. He is I have statistics one to back this up. Irrational gunner. No, you can't prove that statistically. Okay, how about, is it a Jamal Crawford? Nope. Maurice Spates? Nope. Again, great shot per touch ratio. Nope. You've lost me, who? Well, it's you mentioned him earlier. The, the number two guy in mind for this was Russell Westbrook because he averages the most shots per game of any NBA player, scores the most points per game. Number one, Andrew Harrison, the combo guard on the Grizzlies. Andrew Harrison? Yes, He's shooting 28.5% from the field. Worst for anyone who's taken at least 190 shots. Still feeling myself, I'm like out of control. He is out of control with the amount of shots he's taking. For how bad he is. Yes, he's shooting 28.5%, Ben. That's really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. It's crazy that he was starting for like 10 games for a team that's six games over 500. Yeah. If nothing else... It shows how good the Grizzly system is. Yeah. To withstand that. Exactly. But now Conley's back, so hopefully his minutes will go down. No offense to Andrew Harrison. I never really liked him in college anyway. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's a terrible guy. Next lyric, go. All right. The song is available by Flo Rida. (laughs) I'm finally free and I'm going to get right tonight. I'm so available. I'm so available. So come and get me. Two guys, two guys. It's got to be a free agent or maybe someone who wants to be traded. You're on the right track. I think one might be Boogie Cousins. Nope. Close, though. Same team. Rudy Gay. Yes, because he's been extremely outspoken about his desire that he's not going to re-sign with the Kings and he wants to be traded this year. That's a good point. It could also maybe stand for uh, Nate Robinson, who's been trying to get back in the league. No, you're close, though. Think Stephon about Stephon Marbury. Someone in the news lately who's trying to get on a team. Hillary Clinton running for president. <laughs> Boom. No, it's not. It's Donatus Monta Yunus. Monta Yunus? Yes. Have you not heard the saga of Monta Yunus? Yeah, I have. He somehow, his restricted free agency has stretched into the season due to his injuries. The Nets signed him to an offer sheet, which I didn't know you could do in the middle of the season. The Rockets matched it at the umpteenth hour. And then Monta Yunus refused to show up for his physical. The Rockets renounced his rights. He's a free agent. He's available. He wants to go. He wants to go play somewhere. By the way, if you guys out there don't follow at Moda Yunus News on Twitter. <laughs> no, it's defunct. It's defunct. Uh, I'm searching this right now. Moda Yunus News? Because I used to get all my Moda Yunus updates. And I was shocked that someone took the time. And they used to tweet all the time. All right. You want my third lyric? I do. While I all right. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. 
The song is Whistle by Flowrider. Heard of it. Yeah. You ready for this? Ben is intently looking at his computer trying to find Monty Yunus use news. He doesn't believe me. I found I've it. I found this. it, but they haven't tweeted in... In a while. And there's a lot of news, so it shows you it, it should be defunct. They tweeted... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 20 times on January 21st of last year and haven't tweeted since. All right, got it. Anyways, want my next lyric? Yeah, give it to me. All right. This one goes deep. Can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle, baby, let me know. Girl, I'm going to show you how to do it, and we start real slow. You just put your lips together, and you come real close. Can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle, baby. Uh, uh. Here we go. Okay, so do you know what I'm referring to? You're obviously thinking of the Charles Barkley Dick Pavetta All Star Race. <laughs> no, but you're close. You're close. You're in like the same realm. That that's perfect, though. Yeah. And they sort of at the end blew each other's whistles. <laughs> that's actually good. I'm glad. I'm mad I didn't think of it, but I'm thinking of current NBA players. Wow, are you going for the complaints to the ref? Close. Wants to be a ref? <laughs> I, I, I don't know any NBA player who aspires to be a ref. Spencer Haywood, though, ex-NBA player, became a ref. There you go. But I don't know if there's any current player that would actually admit, even if he wanted to, that wants to be a ref. Okay, who you got? I'm I'm lost. So it's the play, I've the top three players in the NBA who've, blown, who've been whistled for the most fouls. Can you blow Ooh, my whistle, baby? You know. That's good. Yeah. Number one, J. Michael Green, J. Michael Green on the Grizzlies, 107 fouls. Okay. Number two, Kristaps Porzingis. And number three, the ghost of Kendrick Perkins. No, you know who number three is? Oh. Andrew Harrison. <laughs> 99 fouls. What is he doing? He hardly plays. Court? He averages per, um, what was it? It was per 48 minutes. He averages 5.8 fouls. I might have to go and write just a complete takedown of Andrew Harrison. Uh, he, uh, Wait, Andrew or Aaron? No, this is Andrew. Andrew was the point guard. Aaron was the shooter right, who hit those clutch he? shots. He's Charlotte, maybe? Regardless. He's not showing up on these lists, though, so that's a positive sign. He or maybe to... it's a negative sign. Exposure. He's trying to make a buck, and neither of them are going to do it playing basketball. I see a commercial in, in this Harrison's future. I forgot already which one it was. Andrew. Andrew. All right. You have one more for me? Yeah, I got one more. It's a great game. The lyric is from... GDFR by Florida going down for real. My touch is the Midas. We the plus, you're the minus. My team blowing on that slam make you cough, cough. That's bronchitis. It's got to be a guy with a good plus minus. There you go. And And a golden touch. There you go. Are we talking about Steph Curry? No, but you're on the right track and you're close, I think. LeBron James? No, now you're further away. James Harden? No. Gangbanger. Aaron whispered Lativian Gangbanger. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's Porzingis. Oh. <laughs> okay. Kevin Durant? No. You okay. want it? Yeah, I lost it's it. It's Chris Paul. Oh, interesting. He leads the league in plus minus by a real plus minus by a lot, actually. Um, and it mentions what is it? I already lost the lyric. My team is blowing on that slam. Lob City. My touch is the Midas. I love it. Great no, I point love guard. It. That's brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Have you reached out to Florida about this? I see some sort of collaboration here. Can I say something though? 
So I spent a good chunk of my day today combing through a Flowrider lyrics. By the way, let me jump in there. One of my favorite emails to receive at around 11 in the morning is when Doug emails me saying, my day's really slow, because I know we're getting some great stuff then. Yeah. So anyways, I'm combing through Flowrider lyrics. As a guy who's known as like more of like a top 40 pop rapper, kind of, his lyrics are filthy. <laughs> They're filthy. And, and you just don't realize. And it's really hard to find chunks of his lyrics that relate to basketball in any way. It was really hard. But, well, yeah, I should reach out to him. Where do you think I could find him? Florida. Florida. That's where I'm going tomorrow. What do you know? I'm going to look for him. Flo Rida, if you're listening to this podcast, you can hit us up. Facebook. Oh, yeah. Twitter, anyway. Instagram. Yeah, you can you say some, my name. I'll come Snapchat, running. Snapchat, Doug? I don't. Well, I had it. I deleted it. I need space on my phone. It's hard with the iPhone these days. I got you. Yeah. yeah I have nothing. We're you got ahead. nothing. I have an iPhone 4, 16 gigs. Yeah. I mean, I have an iPhone 6, but it's also 16 gigs. So the spatial concerns are the same for both of us. Yeah. That was a great game, Doug. Thank you. Let's do it again sometime. We should. I'll roll it back. I'll get lyrics. Yeah? Yeah. Who should I do them from? Can I make one suggestion? Yeah. Maybe we just keep it going with Florida? He's got a deep oof. Yeah. Which is one of the words I love to write oof. and hate to say. Oof. <laughs> um, no, it's got to be someone you resonate with. Okay. Yeah. I'll come up with it. Everyone out there, thanks again. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. If you're listening, you may have already done that. Please like us on Facebook if you've just ventured to the end of this without doing so. Check in every week. We will be bringing you baller shorts. NBA analysis, NBA games, NBA fun with special guest stars like Aaron, Aaron Bartage. So uh, enjoy. Happy basketball watching. Doug, Christmas is soon, which means Christmas basketball, which is the best. Who you got? Cleveland, Golden State, rematch. 2.30 Eastern time, Sunday afternoon. It's in Cleveland, right? In Cleveland. In Cleveland? I have Golden State. Who's going to be favored? In Vegas, I think Golden State. What do you think? Yeah. Who do you I, have? I think they'll be favored every game they play this season. Who do you have? I, f- I have Golden State. Eh, I don't know if they'll, you think they'll be favored. Oh, no, this is in Cleveland. Yeah, so maybe. It could be a pick em. I don't know. I like Golden State in this matchup. I feel like Cleveland always struggles with Golden State in the regular season, but then they buckle down. Yeah. And what's the point? Who cares who wins this matchup? I mean, it'll be great TV. I'll be watching. I'll be watching, too. Who you got? Nick Celtics. Christmas Day. Go. I bet on the Celtics to win more than 52 and a half games this season. That doesn't mean this will be won. They need to pick it up. I got the Celtics. You got the Knicks. I do. And we shall see what happens. All right, signing off. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Baller Shorts podcast. And play us out, random song that I made up. <laughs>